0: Happy to have you along, my fellow American, Sam Bushman, Tech Watch Radio. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Brought to you by Network Providers Incorporated. NetworkProvidersInc.com is the website. That's NetworkProvidersInc.com. And uh, we're an IT team of professionals that can help you with your small business, medium business, large business. We can help with security. We can help with strategic vision. We can help with all kind of things that relate to your company you get in a jam let us know network providers inc.com and this is a division of npi tech watch radio where we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to npitechguys.com is the website for our podcast and it's kind of a cool website we've got up there if you go to the website techguys.com, you first off get the um podcasts the latest shows and everything you can see that it's distributed to google play and uh, tune in and, um, you know, Apple or iPod or whatever they call that latest, you know, iTunes, whatever podcast platform, Apple, and we're everywhere. But you can also play it directly from the site if you would like. And there's a cool switch button. When you click that switch button, it switches to a lot of the NPI news that we have. Uh, We publish NPI stories and news and headlines and things like that at the Network Providers, Inc. website, and we grab that and put it there so you click a button and you can see the news. It's kind of a cool, unique style of website, all available at npitechguys.com. Check that out. would love for you to spread the word, share it with your friends, and a whole lot more. And believe it or not, uh, TechWatch is not only a podcast, it's a radio show. And the radio show is on Saturdays, distributed by the Loving Liberty Radio Networks, so lovingliberty.net. And at Noon Mountain, 2 Eastern, every Saturday, the Tech Watch Radio Show plays. It's one hour long. And then what we do is we take that one hour long live episode, if you will, and we break it in half. And then we release one podcast on Saturday, and then one podcast throughout the week on Wednesday. And so we take each half hour of the show and consider it an independent podcast. It's pretty cool stuff. So we're on the radio. Uh, and if you have a radio station in your area that you think would do well to take the program, you know what? Have them get in contact with us. NPITechguys.com is where you can do that and would love to hear from you. You can also get on our mailing list. Uh, and that way you can get kind of updates from us. Well, Once in a while we'll send out security information and things like that that could benefit you. Uh, and your loved ones, your family, your businesses, etc. So there you have it. Um, I wanna talk about how to be more anonymous online. Being fully anonymous, as you know, is next to impossible online, but you can significantly limit what the internet knows about you. Matt Burgess writes an article about this, and I think Wired Magazine or one of those places or whatever, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, of exactly where um that's written but all i'm telling you is i bring this up because you know what being anonymous is kind of important and the problem with the anonymous discussion is you know do you want to be anonymous so no one knows who you are so you can do bad things on the internet well you know people who usually do that are anonymous and they go in the dark web to do things and we've talked about the dark web on this program many times before the dark web is something really that um, you know I don't want any part of, and, and most people don't want any part of it. It's where all the bad stuff goes on on the internet. But there are needs to and reasons to become anonymous on the internet, and it's not just for uh, you know sinister reasons. Let me give you an example. I'm logged into my bank, and uh, you know my daughter wants help with her bank, and we have the same bank, and so I'm trying to log in to help her with something or whatever. And I can't really log in because if I try to, you know, go, it just logs in as me. And I can undo that. I can log out. But then I got to try to remember the password and re-log me back in. What better way than to create a Cognito window uh, and log in with a Cognito window, which has no preconceived information? Or let's say that I'm developing software and I work on the back end. But because I'm logged in, then when I look at the front end, it looks right to me, but it doesn't look right to the average user. Well, the answer is to log a cog- or launch a Cognito window, and then you can view it fresh. All those settings about being logged in don't apply. So there's a lot of reasons for being anonymous on the Internet, not sinister in any way. I gave you some practical examples of anonymity on the Internet and the reason why. You're making your data anonymous because you don't want it to conflict with what you're doing. But other ways to make yourself anonymous on the Internet is uh, about browsing. And about accepting cookies and about how you uh, relate to all those kinds of things. Um, You know, when you go to a website and they ask for your information, do you always put it in? Do you always agree to let them, uh, you know, just put cookies all over your computer? Do you flush your cash and decrease most of the information that just gathers, gathers, gathers? Because if you're not deleting your cash, there's a ton of information there. And hey, cookies track from one site to the next, to the next, to the next. How much do you use pop-up blockers? I know some people say they're no good, don't use them. How much do you have, um, like Bitdefender or um, Sentinel-1 or some other kind of antivirus/slash anti-malware software on your computer? That will stop a lot of the information uh, from being stolen uh, that you may not want out there, or a lot of information to be compromised or something of that nature. And so you've got to really think about this. It's a simple question but how to become more anonymous online. And I don't think you can be completely anonymous, but I think there's things you can do. You can launch things in, in like I say, um, incognito windows. You can make sure not to agree to everything everybody sends you online. You can put the systems in place from a security point of view that I'll warn you if there's websites that are, that are uh, nefarious or that could compromise you in certain ways. Uh, so putting that kind of software in place is good. Again, do you sign up for things? If they say if you send us your email address, we'll put you in a list to win something. Or we'll, you know, if you um, take this poll, then we'll do this. And if you, every time you do those things, you're putting yourself in a more compromised position in terms of giving more and more and more data or information away. When you install software, do you just install any software on the planet and skip the EULA? Or the, the, the license information that explains to you what they're going to do with your information. You just skip that so you don't even know. Okay, don't do that. Stick with trusted sources and simple uh, software that works and that you know to be reliable and stable and good and, and this kind of stuff. I don't think you can be perfectly anonymous online. I just don't think it's possible. I wish it were, but I just don't really see it as an option to be completely anonymous online. Um, I wish there was a way to become more anonymous online. But you know what? The Internet is designed to know everything about you, to gather more and more and more information about you. And, you know, again, technology is neither good nor bad. It's all in the eyes of the beholder or the hands of the uh, of whoever controls that information on whether whether they're using it for good or evil. The idea that they're gathering more information really, um, you know, at first glance, you could say it's it's simple. It's not sinister. They want to gather that information because if I know your name, next time you log in, I can just put your name in any field that needs your name for you and help you. Same with address. Same with, okay, a lot of contact information or a lot of, um, you know, passwords. And But don't keep your passwords in your web browser. Keep your passwords in a password security vault or a password manager as they sometimes call it. OK, there's a lot of ways to reduce the information that's out there about you on the Internet that you don't intend for them to collect. Again, emptying your cache quite a bit can help using Cognito Windows from time to time can help um, going ahead and, and using a password manager instead of your browser for the password manager can help not going to sites that you don't know or that could be compromised. Very big help using antivirus protection and another Um, malware security products on your computer, the right good ones from trusted sources, very good. Now, another one is critical is this. Do you use hotspots that you don't know? So do you go to an airport or go to a cafe and get on their Wi-Fi? If you do, you're putting yourself in big security concern land. I'm telling you right now, you're putting yourself in big security concern land. Um, Get a hotspot, use your own hotspot. Because, again, that hotspot turns on, you leave, and an hour later, that hotspot's gone. It's not very hackable. That window is very small. Uh, But if you go on a Wi-Fi network, you don't know what's there. You don't know if there's all kinds of keystroke hacking software programs or whatever. Um, Do you connect your computer to other people's devices? What are you talking about? Yeah, do you plug your computer in at the airport? Do you connect to Wi-Fi that you don't know? Do you plug uh, drives and different things into your computer that, you know, you may not be sure that it's clean? All these things relate to security, but they also relate to anonymity and, and anonymous behavior online. The more you can control your environment, the less places you go. Think about the Internet like life. Would you just drive down any street anywhere in America? I wouldn't. Okay, so it's all about not going to the places you shouldn't go to, first of all. It's also about making sure that you don't leak information that you don't intend to. That's why clearing your cache in your browser is important. That's why using a Cognito browser oftentimes, a window, is important. That's why making sure you have the right security um, stack in place to, to, uh, you know what, if you go to a place or do something that could compromise you, oftentimes Bitdefender or one of these systems will pop up and say, hey, this site is known to distribute malware. Or this site isn't safe or this site, whatever. Now, I know it's frustrating sometimes, but at the same time, those warnings can really, really save the day and be critical. It can be a huge blessing. So being fully anonymous online, not really possible. But there are ways, and I've covered a lot of them, of how you can be anonymous uh, online to a great degree. Is it perfect? No. Sites want information. Everybody wants information. The innocent reason is so they can help you get around and live life easier. The more reality of it is they want to get this information because they can sell this information. Okay. Something as simple as an IP address that they get from you can tell you where in the country and through which provider or who owns that IP address. Instantly then I can take that IP address alone and I can target advertisements to you with it. I take address A. It says it belongs to, say, Draper, Utah, just for example, into Comcast. Well, by knowing that, you know that I'm using Comcast to some degree. You also know that I uh, am in the Utah area, not far from Draper. And so because of that, now you can target ads towards me. You could do all kinds of things with just that simple piece of information. But imagine using cookies now. And I've got your IP address and I know where you are. And I know that you've been looking up outdoor camping gear. You're a camp guy. And I know it because I can see the cookies and the cookies say you've been studying about tents and sleeping bags and cots. And in fact, you even bought a backpack the other day. See, now I put that piece of information with it, right? And anyway, I can go on, but I, I can give you more and more examples of how they just build this dossier. The net probably knows more about you than you do. And you say, that's not possible, Sam. Come on, you're dreaming. I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. Have you ever, uh, you know, applied for something and, and to get signed up for an account or to get logged into somewhere, if it's your bank or whatever, they ask you a bunch of different questions. And you got to answer the questions right. And it will say something like, what car did you have back in 1991 um this one this one this one or this one um and sometimes if you're not careful it's the right car but the wrong color or it's the right car but the wrong year or it's the or sometimes you know they'll be like okay which one of these were your phone numbers in the past i've had so many phone numbers over my 56 years of life i don't really remember Um, because I, I get numbers mixed up the prefixes versus the last four versus the area code and stuff. And so it's very easy to go. I'm not sure which one, both of them look kind of similar. I don't think any of these, and then there's a choice for none of them, but if you pick it and you're wrong, it's trouble. And so you're kind of going, "Mm." well, the internet knows these things. The reason they're asking you these questions about these phone numbers is because they've got a list of phone numbers about you online that they've saved in your dossier. And they can remember things because they've archived it, they've logged it, things that you don't know and that you can't remember. So that's kind of what I'm talking about is this, you know, how to be more anonymous. The less information you put in online, the less information they'll have. The more you create security, the better. The more you become anonymous, uh, the better. The less you agree to free things, the better. The less software for free you use, the better the more browsers you use, the worse. The more you use a browser for your password manager, as opposed to a real password manager or a secure vault for your passwords, the worse it is. Um, The more you go to known, recognized, stable, good places that are honorable with your data, the better. There's a lot of things that you can do, and it just takes education and it takes working at it just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Now with that in mind, they say Google launches plan to kill non-editable cookies. Now, listen. Non-editable cookies. Um, it's an initiative to uh, eliminate what they call third-party trackers. Um... They want to eliminate third-party trackers online and it begins with a test of one percent of what they say are chrome users anyway the story uh, is written by john johnson in this case and he highlights this google has become begun phasing out what they call third-party cookies this is really interesting in my opinion because this is an attempt by Google to do the right thing and uh, I appreciate John Johnson bringing this story up so that I could talk about it because it's really critical Google has become begun phasing out third-party cookies they say if you're a Chrome user who gets a pop-up window on Thursday I guess that's what yesterday day before it's likely a sign that you're the first on the first part of the phased implementation. That's interesting. So I don't know if you choose to be part of this. But if you're a Chrome user and you get this pop-up, you're going to know that you're involved in it. Now, they say that it's reviled tech. Those are those people that put all kinds of cookies on your computer and you got pop-up blockers and everything else. Now, uh, eliminating cookies, is it good or bad? It's both. They say they don't have the exact timing for this. Now, others have already taken in steps to rein in cookies, but they say that for Google, the timing on this remains poor. All right. They say that having it take effect during the most revenue generating time of year is a mistake. Well, I'm not really sure because I I first heard about this and it's the first quarter. So I don't know if they launched this uh, in a trickle test at first or, you know, I don't have all the deets on it because I haven't talked to Google about it. Now, they say this, you can turn off the privacy sandbox setting um, because they say that will help there's a lot of things that you can go through and turn off with a lot of these browsers that can increase your security as well. Now, if you turn off too much of it, a lot of times certain things won't work. That depends on the underlying technology. So be careful there. But my whole point about this is, is, Hey, cookies are one of the great ways that they, um, you know, get rid of your anonymity because they track from site to site and everything else. Cookies and trackers are kind of synonymous, but they want to kill non-editable cookies or whatever they want to do this third-party tracker elimination stuff, and it's good in general. Um, they say that about oh, the one percent is about thirty million people coming out of the gate. Isn't that number startling? In my mind, that's um, I think that's. I don't know what to say about it. It's it's a huge percentage, or. Let me start over. Not percentage. It's a huge number. Forget the percentage. It's a huge number. 30 million people. They want to eliminate these cookies for all users. They say by the end of the year, and I assume that's 2024. Um, What do you think about that? 1% 1% of Chrome users, about 30 million people. <clears throat> anyway, so you, you know you're not in the 1% if you don't get the pop-up announcements. Now, if you've got pop-up blockers enabled, you might not see it. That's kind of another um, interesting tidbit. All right, what it's like to use Apple's lockdown mode. Are you familiar with this? Apple has a lockdown mode. And um, it's being praised as a way to improve security, as a way to protect youngsters. Uh, and they're saying, believe it or not, it's more functional than they once thought it was. That uh, it's actually quite usable if you do it right. Well, I don't know how to respond to that to me. Because again, uh, you got these compromising, or I'm sorry, um, you've got these conflicting uh, issues. Lockdown is opposite of freedom, right? How can I do a lot but yet be locked down? And, 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 you know, hey, the most secure building is very hard to get into and very hard to day-to-day use because it's so secure you can't, you know, get into it. Well, we're starting to get there where security is becoming so ubiquitous, so in your face, so overly aggressive because it has to. To where it's very difficult. I mean, it, it starts to come up where it's like, man, All these traffic lights on my screen just to approve this well it's very difficult for people this security thing and so what they're starting to try to do now is say hey why don't we live in somewhat lockdown mode my computer is very powerful very functional very capable of doing a lot of things and i want to be able to access those things when i need to with elevated privileges or rights as they're called uh elevated authorities um, but I don't want that to be available all the time. I want it to be available on an as-needed basis with a warning and then with my approval. And so they're starting to take these lockdown modes and some of these, um, you know, not full rights users as a way to say, let's live in this world that's that's this lockdown, and let's expand if we need to. If you want to install something or do something, I'll give you a warning. I'll make sure you really have the rights and the privileges. But now for sure, um, it's not unknown or, or done without your knowledge. That's what the user rights management is about uh, in Windows. Oftentimes it'll pop up and say to do this, to perform this action. You know, you've got to give it permission and you've got to agree to this. And you've got to, okay, they're moving more along those lines. And I think it's a good direction. Believe it or not, Apple uh, and the Macs have been at this for quite a while. Their default is to not live in full-blown administrative modes linux and and unix and these kind of things have been in more restricted mode for a long time it's windows that's been in kind of full bore mode mode for the most part they start that's starting to change and so you know um if you are one of these people that uh you know play with apple you can learn about the lockdown mode and see what the advantages of it really are anyway i thought i'd bring all that to your attention Hopefully it was educational uh, and a little bit entertaining. Um, You know, I don't like the lockdown mode of anything. I like to be full-blown. But I've learned from from experience and time that that's not the best plan. What happens when you're in lockdown mode uh, is better uh, because then you can approve things that need escalated privileges or increased rights or whatever you want to say. And you can still do what you need to do, but day-to-day things don't happen without your knowledge and things don't happen by uh, accident hey, this automatically did this, or I approved that, or I did this without realizing it. They're starting to make it more clear. And so I think in a lot of ways, we're moving in the right direction in the security world. It's a bad world out there. There's a lot of people that want to do harm and, and damage to you because there's a lot of money in that. And think about it. If there wasn't money in malware or money in, in, in breaching your privacy and stealing your data and stuff like that, people wouldn't be doing it. But because there's a lot of money in it, it's an ever-present danger. And I don't think we need to panic. I don't think we need to worry. But I do think we need to be intelligent and smart and wise. And the more we learn and the more knowledge we have, the better off we are. It's the people that take the time to learn some very basic principles that do well and protect themselves. And believe it or not, humans are the weakest link in the security chain, I'm telling you right now. Uh, You can use pretexting or all kinds of other, um, I don't know what you want to call it, technology where we don't really uh, breach the technology. What we do is we get a compromised human that gives us information that lets us circumvent the security and technology. So don't let people retext you or, or, or get your information. Be wise, be smart. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to, and stay listening, will you? NPITechguys.com is our website. That's NPITechguys.com. Spread the word, share the love. Make it a great tech day, will you? Hey, thanks.